It's Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, first off, Merry Christmas to you and yours. It's hard to believe 2021 is coming to an end, and we're talking Eagles playoffs. Go figure. The Sixers have turned into a little more than a 500 club with all their injuries and illness problems. The NHL took a COVID pause, so just getting back started. Uh, they still have problems in that league. And the college bowl season has been canceling games like crazy. Penn State now has six starters uh, opting out of this game. Another crazy December. Add to that, the great John Madden passed away yesterday. All kinds of stuff going on over the Christmas holidays. Yeah, shame about John Madden. I mean, that news came out of the blue. We just saw the documentary on Christmas Day on Fox. Real good documentary, what I saw of it. We'll talk about him and everything else on the Philly sports scene in just a bit. But, Bill, was Santa good to you and your family? Santa was good to me, uh, most importantly. Got to spend it with their granddaughters, and uh, that's why I missed last week's show. Had to go to a little, uh, whatever it was, 4K or something, uh, Christmas (laughs) sing-along. So, but uh, can't miss entertainment. It's kind of like you watching the Oscars or, uh, you know, Grammys. Yeah, I got a bunch of gift cards that I will put to good use and a case of beer. Who would have guessed? Oh, go figure. <laughs> go figure. Is it uh, 24 different flavors or what? No, it's it's all one, but it's a good one. It's one that I like, a Sam Adams Holiday White. Very good. Uh, okay. All right. Well, hey, we have great guests tonight. Frank Fitzpatrick's making his annual end-of-the-year visit. Philly Sports Trips' Vince Rizzuto is going to be making his first ever visit to Philly Press Box Radio. Yeah, you know, I feel a bit, I don't know, pensive or whatever this time of year, you know, between Christmas and New Year's, thinking about, uh, you know, the year just ended and what may lie ahead. But I also look forward to what's become an annual chat with Frank. So he's here. Let's get it going. Let's go ahead and welcome Frank Fitzpatrick, retired Frank Fitzpatrick, uh, back to Philly Press Box Radio. Frank, welcome. Can 2021 get any crazier for us? <laughs> I don't know how, you know, and I was thinking about the year. It's been kind of a dreary year for Philadelphia sports when you think about it. I mean, the Eagles, if they win their last two games, that's going to salvage a lot of people's, you know, the way they look at this year. But I can't, you know, I'm trying to remember back to a year that was as thoroughly uninspiring as this year. It's hard to do. I mean, you only had the the Sixers made the playoffs, but the way that ended, I mean, that just – that was catastrophic. <laughs> uh, and the, you know, the, the other, the, the Phillies, I had some, you know, I think last year when we talked this way and this time, I felt like I had a little optimism for each of the four teams. I don't feel that way this year. Uh, maybe the Eagles, but the Phillies, I, I, you know, even though they finished second and a couple games over 500, I, I'm a little worried about them. I think they, they got a lot of holes to plug in this off season. Frank, I think you were reading my notes somehow because this is pretty much exactly what I was going to open with to you. I was going to say the 76ers had the great regular season, but then they fizzled out in the second round of the playoffs. The This year, the Sixers are just two games over 500. Ben Simmons is still somewhere, but not playing. Uh, the Phillies, as you mentioned, yeah, mediocre, 82 and 80. Haven't been in the playoffs in a decade. The Flyers, 12, 12 and 5, which means they're really under 500. And they could miss the playoffs for the second straight year. And the Eagles, you know, they're up and coming, but we don't know. So what is the state of Philadelphia sports right now, Frank? What do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's really unsettled. Uh, 
you know, the, as you said, the Eagles look like they look like they've got something to hang our hats on. Maybe you know, Sirianni is a is a better coach than we all imagined him to be the first half of the season. Uh, you know, the 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 76ers, they just painted themselves into such a corner with Simmons. I, I, and there's such a different team without him. I mean, for all his faults and all his shortcomings and all his psychological angst and, you know, he, he, he's a player. He, he's, there's not many players like him in the, in the NBA. When you put him on a team with Embiid, uh, just defensively and offensively, they were such a different team, such a much better team. And unless until they get that resolved, I don't think there's any way to to be terribly optimistic about the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Phillies, I mean, I was looking at their roster today. I think you know they've got maybe two or three good infielders and, and one outfielder basically in, in Harper. Uh, so they've got two holes to fill out there. They've got a hole or two to fill in the infield. Their entire bench and bullpen, as far as I'm concerned, could be you know blown up and you know, start from scratch with that. I think the starting rotation is, is nice. I like their starting rotation. I don't have a big problem with that. But, I mean, you, you look at their fielding, defense, hitting. They were they finished around 20th in all those categories last year in Major League Baseball. So there's a lot of work to be done there. And Flyers, I, I have no idea what's going on with them. I mean, I'm sort of encouraged to see that the some of the criticism now has turned toward ownership, which is – that's sort of been something that's been sacrosanct for, for decades while Snyder was there. But I mean, let, let's face it, the Flyers are you know, not talking about on ice stuff so much, but they're an elite NHL franchise. And for them to go on this long, almost a half century without winning a cup tells you that something's not working right there. So, yeah. so that's a, that's a pretty optimistic outlook. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Frank, let me ask you from, you know, we've all been life, long fans with 50, 60 years, whatever we're doing now, uh, you know, the the vibe of sports right now just seems down. Uh, you know, you look at the NFL, that Washington team that was on the field the other day was slop. The Giants are slop. The Saints on Monday night was slop. They're throwing these teams together because of COVID and because of all the stuff. Um, it, 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 the product stinks, quite frankly, and, and I'm glad the Eagles are beating these lousy teams. And not being as lousy as them, but it's just to me the whole product is not good. And I think, as I mentioned in the opening, we're seeing it now. It's going to hit college football. Um, the only teams that aren't having guys lay out or want to cancel games are the four teams playing in the in the championship. So, yeah. um, sports as a whole, canceling games, sick players, it's just losing losing luster to me. Yeah, you know, even without that, I mean, you look at the NFL. There's really not a not a super team this year. I mean, there's, uh, can you say who's the favorite going into the the playoffs? I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe you look at Tampa again, but that's a, that's an aging team. And I don't know. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think there's a lot of problems in sports right now. And I think a lot of people uh, are discouraged by all this, the, the, the toll that COVID has taken on it. Uh, it's hard to get, it's hard to wrap your head around it. You don't know who's going to be playing from week to week, from game to game with the Sixers, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is, we're in a, we're in a, in a strange and uncharted territory in sports. I don't I, there's nothing analogous to this in the past. I mean, 
know, I'm someone that look, tends to look backwards and I don't, I can't think of anything like this uh, ever occurring before. So be interesting to see how 2022 plays out. And, yeah, and I, was, I guess we have a lockout to go with that. I didn't even mention that part. Right. We, we have a baseball lockout. Let's not true. go there. Right. I was looking at a headline the other day, Frank. It was a recap of the year in sports from AP, and the headline pretty much summed it up. Sports returned in 2021, but not the way we remembered it. Boy, is that true. Yeah. Um, let's focus on the Eagles right now. Uh, they are theoretically – going to be a playoff team i mean 65 percent chance according to the the data and uh they have to beat washington maybe you know get a little help this weekend they could be clinched uh with a playoff spot by the end of sunday night uh here it is right now uh, the playoff picture in the nfc what do you think of this team so far is jalen hurts you know a guy to keep an eye on as far as a long-term quarterback for this team what do you think of nick sirianni give us your uh take on the eagles of 2021 well, you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, when we talked about this last year, I think we said we liked the Eagles in part because they had offensive line and defensive line that, that seemed to be their strengths. And what happened to them in the beginning of the season? I mean, the first five or six weeks, uh, you know, the offensive line didn't, didn't seem to be having much of an impact in part because they weren't running the ball. Up. Right. The defensive line was nowhere to be seen in the early in the season. And I don't know. I, I w- I've always thought that was their strength. And it seems to me they've gotten back to that. You know, the last seven, eight weeks, they're running the ball. They're pounding the ball on, on offense, uh, which I love to see, given that team. I mean, I like the passing game as much as anyone else, but you got to play to your strengths. And I don't think the – I haven't seen the touch out of Hurts yet to, to think that He's a long-term solution. I like his escapability, and I like his – he seems to be a guy that, that works hard and is, is kind of a leader in the clubhouse and the guys respect. I like that about him. But his passing still worries me a little. He tends to he tends to go to the same side of the field all the time. He tends to want to throw the same way all the time. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of pinpoint long passing from him to be – to think that this is the, the long-term solution. Uh, you know, they've got three first-round Jeff choices this year. However, from what I understand, it's not a great year for college quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. but who knows? But, uh, yeah, so my take is I think the Eagles were smart enough to, to get back to their strengths, and I think as a result, we're seeing them improve in the second half of the season. They've also been, in terms of COVID, they've also seemed to have been pretty smart in the way they've handled that. They don't seem to be as impacted by it quite as much as uh, some of the other teams. So whatever they've done in that regard has been pretty smart as well. Mm-hmm. well a, lot of, a lot of talk in the last few weeks about Jason Kelsey um, after they highlighted him on TV a few times, yeah. just doing incredible things. Uh, how's he rate, first of all, with uh, the linemen that you've seen over the years? And, and what do you think of his play? And Lane Johnson, to me, um, part of the reason maybe they weren't so successful early in the year is because they didn't have Lane. Yeah. Uh, is playing at the highest level I can ever remember him playing. He's he, he's a beast, and I like Dickerson too. Uh, I yeah. Mean, Dickerson, yeah. He, yeah, I mean that. So I think they've got a lot of. And imagine if Barrett Brooks were were healthy, what a, what an offensive line that would be. So that I, I have a feeling their coaches, you know, must be uh, a guy that these guys all like and respect because uh, he's really getting the most out of them. But I think Kelsey, I've never seen a center quite as mobile or fast or as frequently downfield as him. I mean, I'm going back to Ben Narek, who was a, you know, a 
different kind of center, uh, you know, more physical at the point of at the at the line of scrimmage than uh, maybe Kelsey, but certainly not as as mobile as him. And I agree with you, Lane Johnson. I mean, once he got those mental problems straightened out, and uh, he's playing as better than ever. The fact that he's not in the Pro Bowl is probably a, an injustice. I mean, he certainly seems to think so. But uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I would agree. Uh, you know. That, that offensive line, uh, and Kelsey is certainly the leader there. So, I mean, you're getting the intangibles from him as well as the tangibles. And he, how old is Jason? Was he 35, 36? 34, I believe. Yeah. 12th year. I think it's his 12th okay. year. He's 34. Wow. So he's still uh, a, a remarkable physical specimen for a guy playing that position where you're, where you're getting banged around every play, you know? These next couple of weeks should be very interesting, of course. You know, we hope they get in the playoffs and, you know, maybe pull off a first-round surprise. You just never know. Speaking of surprises, Frank, what what is the biggest surprise on the Philadelphia sports scene this past year? For me, it was the Sixers getting eliminated by the Hawks in the second round. How about you? Well, I'm going to go off the off the radar a little here. I'm, I'm going to say the Dick Allen uh, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame snub, which I know you guys feel strongly about that as I do, but I was really looking for that was something at the end. It was coming at the end of the year. He thought, all right, this can salvage this entire sports year. If he gets into the hall of fame, I, you know, I looked into getting my reservation up in Cooperstown. We're going to take the family up and have just a celebration for, you know, a childhood hero. It would have been a nice thing, but why he didn't get in. I I wish I could explain. I, I, I shy away from these conspiracy theories that you're hearing that, you know, this guy, Jerry Reinsdorf didn't want him in and, you know, it's an imperfect system, and so you're going to get imperfect results from time to time. It's just a shame that it happened uh, to Dick Allen, a guy that, you know, we, you know, I'm sure all of us remember him so fondly as a, as a, certainly the highlight of my childhood was Dick Allen. I mean, just the, just the, the power and the, and the mystery that he brought to Philadelphia sports. Uh, so I was really looking forward to him getting in, and that was quite a disappointment. So I, for Can me, you know, that. that was the biggest disappointment of the season. Of the year. Yeah, but since since you mentioned that, uh, we've we've had Kevin Cooney on, we've had Mark Eckel on since that all happened. Um, Mark is of the of the feeling that writers should not be the ones making the picking, doing the voting. Uh, Kevin is a voter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you feel about that? And and is are are you able after you've watched these guys to separate what they did as players versus what they did afterwards, AKA Kurt Schilling, um, yeah. uh, you know, among others, um, it, how do you feel on that? You're a longtime writer and certainly a fan. Yeah. I, you know, I always felt that writers should not be the ones to vote on year end awards because there's too much of a potential conflict of interest there. I mean, if I'm covering a guy and, and he's got my vote, you know, he's no, he knows that I have a vote for MVP or Cy Young, whatever it is. It's, there, there's just too many chances, opportunities for, for conflict there that I don't feel comfortable with. Hall of Fame is a little different. I mean, you're talking about guys five years after they've, after they've played. So on that same day-to-day conflict isn't there. But if not, I, mean, I always get back to this. I mean, I, I agree. Writers voting is not a perfect uh, world, but. If not them, who? I mean, people say, well, players, but I think I think a lot of people will be surprised at how little players know about other players. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, the guys they're playing against, uh, they think about them maybe you know eight or ten times a year in baseball, but they don't 
if you talk about hit sports history or statistics, anything like that, they don't really have a grasp of. So I'm not sure they're the best solution either. So if writers aren't the best and the players aren't the best, then, then what do you do? You form well, these- and, and that was Mark's point. Uh, part of Mark's point is that, you know, I covered the Eagles. I spend seven or eight hours on Sunday with the Eagles. I see their opponent. I don't see all these other guys yeah. either. They come into town once a five years or whatever. We go out there. So I don't really know these guys all that well either. Yeah, it's the same the same with college football polls. It always drives me crazy that, you know, I, I would have to write in the top 25 when I'm seeing maybe two or three games a weekend. I don't know these other teams, how how good they are for the most part. So, yeah, any any kind of – anytime you've got these these uh, uh, subjective uh, rating systems or, or, or awards, it's it's always it's always a crapshoot. I think. I mean, most of the time, I think people get it right. I, I really do. But uh, there's always uh, it's not a perfect system, and I don't know what is a perfect system. Is it to form a committee like they've done with the veterans, and you know we see what's happened with that. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe you guys have got a better solution. I don't. Uh, I don't. Hey, <laughs> Frank, the big news this week in the sports world, of course, John Madden. You've been around for his entire career. His time as a Super Bowl winning coach, a multiple Emmy Award winning broadcaster, a guy who made a good bit of money by lending his name to a popular video yeah. game. Uh, any particular memories for you of John Madden? You know, I never uh, I never interviewed him. I, I certainly have fond memories of him. More recently, I, I, I got to know his son a little. His son... Uh, uh, bought Muhammad Ali's old camp up in uh, up outside of Pottsfield, Deer Lake, and is attempting to refurbish. Maybe he has refurbished it, and he's attempting to turn it into a popular uh, convention site, management uh, seminar site. You know, school children visiting site. So I got to know him a little f- through that, and he, uh, I know he was always in awe of his dad. He, he talked about how. His dad was a fan of so many sports, including boxing. That how he loved Ali. He had a poster of Ali over his uh, over his desk in his office. Um, and I was kind of surprised. I, you know, you kind of think of John John Madden as a singular focus on football kind of guy, but but no, he apparently he he was a big fan of all sports. And now, one thing you guys probably know that I found out maybe a couple of years ago, but it always surprised me was. The agent on the Partridge family, Reuben, was his brother. Oh, remember, no. Remember the apartment? Yeah. Yeah, David Madden. Yeah, that was his I brother. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I'll be darned. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, they, they kind of look alike. And, uh, yeah. They had that garrulousness, you know, and stuff. But, wow. So that was a surprise. But, yeah, what a, what a great what a great broadcaster. I mean, he just made the game so simple for everybody. I think he must have, he must have brought in so many new NFL fans just to – weren't intimidated by listening to him talk about the, you know, cover two and cover three and, you know, this scheme and that scheme. And it, it just, if you weren't a real football fan, you could still enjoy the game listening to John Madden. And I think that's what made him such an appealing figure as in, I think the New York times, uh, Obit called him today. He was, a, he was an everyman. He really was. He was somebody we could all relate to, I think. Absolutely. Hey, Frank, I wanted to ask you about back to Philly sports for just a second. Uh, what's it going to take to keep a job as a head head coach or a manager in Philadelphia? You can't get past two or three years and you're down the road. Is it, you know, it's kind of everywhere, I guess, but uh, man, tough, tough place to make a living. That's the trend everywhere. You know, I mean, they, even in colleges where you used to see these, 
you know, Paternos and uh, Woody Hayes and these guys lasting forever at an institution. There's, you're not going to see that anymore. I mean, there's too much pressure on these, too much money. You know, you get money involved and uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pressure to make it and a pressure to keep it. And, you know, you've got to keep winning. And if you don't win, they'll find somebody who, who they think can. It doesn't always work out that he does, but that's the thinking anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. I wouldn't want to be a coach. I mean, you know, and for one, on the one hand, they're making enough money to, if they do have a couple of good years, they can probably, you know, support themselves for quite a while. But on the other hand, if, if you like working, it's, you know, they probably find another profession. Frank, uh, last one for me. I want to get your take on the Phillies. Joe Girardi, you know, the team 82 and 80 last year. They had some holes. They had uh, bull, bullpen problems for what seems like the 10th year in a row. What do you think they're going to do this offseason to improve the team? They do need, you know, more outfielders. They do need maybe another good quality infielder and uh, the bullpen. I know they got one guy, but what, what do you make of this Phillies team? And can they contend with the right moves? You know, I thought going into last season that they were, they might finish fourth in that division, you know, ahead of everybody, behind everybody but the Marlins. I still don't feel much different. Uh, you know, I think the Mets obviously are, are improving themselves. Uh, maybe even if it's only a short-term solution, the, the Braves, are, I mean, they're so young and so good. And if they re-sign Freeman, which I know is a big F, uh, you're not going to run away with the division. I think, um, you know, I don't know. The Marlins are, are improving. Uh, Washington is down. So that was just kind of surprising to me. I kind of thought they'd hang in there better than they have so they and you know who, who are we gonna what are we talking about is for the outfield here among the free agents you got Castellanos there's a lot of talk but you know you, you can't afford to pay two guys three guys in that outfield of, you know 100 million dollars or something that doesn't leave much room for them. we saw what that does to the bench and the bullpen I mean that's where they're skimping and that, that they've both been disasters so they got a lot of problems I'm interested to see what they do in uh, in a free agent because they got a lot of holes to fill, as do most teams, to be honest with you. But. Yep. Well, Frank, before we let you go, tell us what you have going on. You're retired. Uh, what? It's almost been a year now, right? What? 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 Uh, are yeah, you I retired in on? June. I retired in June, and uh, you know, I, I once in a while I write something, but that gets harder and harder to do the longer you're away from it. I, I basically play golf once or twice a week. Even now, we're still playing. Wow. And the rest of the time I drive my grandson to school three days a week and the kids come over here, but we babysit him a couple of days a week. And that is physically taxing. <laughs> three and a one-year-old. I mean, wow. You know, it's harder than anything I ever did in, as a sports writer, I can tell you that. So, <laughs> And I wasn't 72 all those years either. So, right, yeah, right. so I'm having a ball. I mean, I'm, more golf, more grandkids. What could be better, you know? There you go. There you go. All right. Well, Frank, we appreciate you coming by to join us for your annual visit. Uh, Happy New Year to you and your family, and uh, best of the luck in 2022. Same to you guys, and I I hope I'm here at the end of next year to do it again. We Uh, hope so, too. (laughs) We'll plan on it. All right. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Hey, Chet, I got something for you because it's wintertime. Your couch getting more mileage than your car? It's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. You've got that right, Bill. It is time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Um, 
this plan puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, PA. That's Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Again, that number is 610 430 0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. And Bill, I'm going to find Merrill for you because we're going to get to our picks, I think, earlier than usual this week. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! Yes, it is. And uh, we are going to get to our picks, Chet. But I, I wanted to follow back up two things I, I wanted to hit with, up with Frank, but just didn't have enough time. Uh, one is I wanted to follow up on the slop of the NFL. We'll, we'll talk about that just a second. But the other thing I did want to ask him about, um, you know, as fans, we all want to say, spend more money, spend more money, spend more money. And I, I kind of wanted to get his take on whether he thinks – that's the answer. It sounded like what, what he said about the outfield. Uh, he's not necessarily on that train. Got to find young talent like the Braves. Yeah, that would be ideal. And the Phillies haven't done that a whole lot in recent years. Their farm system has been, you know, in the bottom quarter of Major League Baseball as far as producing talent. So I know that uh, Dombrowski is taking steps toward that. He's made some changes in the you know front office with those guys and the scouts and everything, and hopefully it'll pay off. But even if it does, it's going to be you know several years before we see it at the major league level. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to our picks. Uh, we're running out of time in our in our fearless forecast. Two, just two weeks to go. How'd we do last week? Uh, we're going to have to step out and make some crazy things happen this week to get the hunt. Well, a very interesting week 16, Bill. You and Bob Vitrone Jr., a.k.a. Boop, were both 3-1. and one. Not bad. But I was a perfect 4-0. and oh. You see, I correctly picked the Titans to knock off the 49ers. Had a hunch on that one. So, uh, yeah, I was 4-0. and oh, But Boop stays in first place. He is 43-23. and 23. I picked up a game. I am now just one game back. And you stay two back of Boop. So, Two weeks left in the season. We're two games, you know, within one another. So very, very tight as we head into these final couple of weeks. Boy, I, I have remorse for that week. I took those two wild picks just to try yeah. to uh, get back in the hunt. Ended up getting back in the hunt, lost both those games. I would have been where I should have been. But what it could have, should have, don't mean nothing. I'm going to take a minor upset this week. So uh, we'll see. All right. Well, let's get it going. We, got, uh, we added Minnesota at Green Bay this week. Packers are minus six and a half. We have the Giants. Visiting Nick Foles and the Bears. Chicago's minus six. Arizona visits Dallas. Cowboys are minus five and a half. And Eagles travel to Washington to hopefully clinch that playoff spot. Eagles are minus three and a half. So who does Boop like? Minnesota at Green Bay. The Packers, as we said, minus six and a half. You know the deal. I printed it out. Didn't look at his picks. Uh, right. Minnesota at Green Bay first. Okay. Boop says Minnesota has three two-game winning streaks and three two-game losing streaks. This will make four two-game losing streaks. His pick is the Packers. Boop says that Saturday night squeak by the Browns game ended a 9-0-1 home spread run by Green Bay. Consider that a fluke. He says lay the points. So he likes the Packers by at least a touchdown. And you know what? So do I. I'm also taking Green Bay. 
Yeah, me too. I'm not I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers at home, uh, especially while he's holding down the number one spot uh, right now in the NFC. So absolutely not. And all they right, could help thanks. the Eagles clinch a playoff spot if all goes well, because that's the final game of Sunday. A- absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We've got uh, the Giants visiting Nick Foles and the Bears. Uh, Foles pulled out a little more Foles magic again last week. Uh, the Giants are horrible. The Bears aren't a lot better, but uh, who you like in this one? Who's Boop like? Well, Boop says Chicago's five-game home losing streak ends here. He takes the Bears. Chicago is not beating anyone by a touchdown. Shop around, take the Bears' best money line and the points with the Giants and try to middle it. So he likes the Bears in a tight one, but he does predict Chicago to win. So do I. Nick Foles getting it done again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to make up any games this way, but uh, I just can't see this happening. The Giants are just not very good. It sounds like they're starting to have a little internal problems going on. Um, the, the, the old veterans are after Saquon Barkley, too. How about that? Oh, uh, wow. I, I have to go Bears in this. Arizona visits Dallas. Cowboys minus five and a half. This must be where you're going to try to pull an upset. We'll see. Boop says Dallas scored 56 points this past Sunday night, has allowed 57 points over the last four games total. Cowboys looking good. Boop says the pick is the Cowboys. He says, if you want to bet, this has all the makings of another name your margin game. Take a couple of larger Dallas spread lines. I disagree, Bill. Arizona has struggled lately. They've lost, what, three in a row? I think the Cowboys are going to be thinking a little uh, too highly of themselves coming off that big romp the other night. They've clinched the NFC East. I know they're still angling for the highest possible seed, but I think Arizona gets it together this week and pulls off the minor upset. I'm taking the Cardinals. Well, good. I got a game I can make up with you then because – yeah, you know Arizona is is struggling. Certainly, I know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to get all caught up in the Dallas stats because they're playing lousy teams and they're doing what they should be doing because they're better than them. But uh, to use those numbers to say anything more than that is is probably too much. But Arizona is struggling. There's a lot of rumors about Kingsbury down there and then whether he's keeping his job. Um, I, I'm going to have to go Cowboys. Well, I'm either going to be two back again or I'm going to be even with Boop because I'm taking Arizona. All right. Eagles, Reds, or Washington. It's Washington. Uh, Eagles only minus three and a half in this. I thought that was a little interesting, a little lower than I expected, but they do have their quarterback situation straightened back out in Washington. Maybe. I think I think it's up to minus four now. Um, Boop says go against the hottest team in the NFC. I think not. I don't know why he thinks the Eagles are hotter than the Cowboys, but that's what he said. Uh, his pick is the Eagles. He said the Birds, if you want to bet, have trailed at halftime just once in the last eight games. Twice they were tied. He says take the first half money line. I'm not touching this game with the points or otherwise, but for our purposes – I'm taking the Eagles. I think it could be an ugly game. I just have a hunch the Eagles are not going to play as well as they should. They have the questions at running back. I'm taking the Eagles, but I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say 24-20 if you want a number. Well, I think the Eagles are going to win. I think they're going to they're they're going to take care of their business. They're going to run the football. They're going to do what they've done pretty well. Um, Washington is not a whole lot better than they were. They're better on the quarterback side. They're not better on the defensive side. Uh Eagles will stick to their strength, and I think they'll be fine in this game. Um, but to go back to last week, that month, that that first half, 
was just absolutely atrocious by both those teams. Uh, fortunately for the birds, they straightened it up in the second half and played real well. Yeah, they did. It was kind of ugly in the first half. You put up the stats on Facebook. It was not pretty to watch, but the second half looked a whole lot better. And Hertz actually had a decent game all told. He, you know, finished with a passer rating over 100. And remember, he had four drops, I think, by his receivers and Goddard again. So uh, he's coming along, I think. And this is a big week for him in a must win game. Well, he also had a couple plays. Uh, Smith made one, and uh, yeah. was it Rager made the other, where they, they came back and got the ball that was poorly thrown, yeah. made them into great plays. If he leads them their touchdowns, he was nowhere close to leading them. Uh, but, hey, that's what they're supposed to do. So yeah, uh, if one doesn't that, get it done, the other one's supposed to get it done for him. Watkins was the one downfield, Watkins. middle of the field. And, and Devontae Smith, that catch was phenomenal. And getting the two feet down, wow, yes. he's he's a good one. Yes, he is. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, give everybody a heads up where they can follow Boop uh, before we get moved on. Our buddy Boop, Bob Vitrone Jr., he contributes to the website bettersinsider.com. All kinds of betting info there. And even more from Boop on Twitter. Find him at BoopStats. That's at BoopStats. Good man, that Boop. We got to get him back on the show again real soon. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, let's give a shout out to all the shows that will be live on Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, including this one. You already flashed this up one time, so I know. I don't you know how that it. happened. <laughs> <laughs> this episode being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, like buttons, and as always, share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, Check out our partners in Philly sports, including Monday Mailbag Podcast with Joey Sharon will be available Monday afternoon. Talking Sports Podcast with Maddie B joins as Maddie B joins the network with host Matt Bedarchik on Tuesdays. Edge of Philly Sports Live join Joe, Freddie, and Big Al as they cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. That's tonight live. Wednesdays at 9:30 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out Birds IQ with Kyle and Eric Quinn. They're live Thursday nights at 7 p.m. talking all things birds. And Fridays with Freddie podcast with Freddie Burns. Friday afternoons, check that out. The Patterson Avenue Fanatics will be off this Saturday for New Year's, but they'll the gang will be back with us next week. If you miss anything, no worries. Grab the podcast on all the major platforms. Remember to stay up to date on all things Edge of Philly Sports. Go to the website, sign up for the newsletter. It's free, and it will be in your mailbox, email box, on Fridays, oh, about 10 o'clock. I think the Edge of Philly guys actually did their show this morning. I don't think it's a uh, separate one. I think they did the whole show this morning and posted it because I saw it. They said a special brunch show, but it was oh. Joey and Fred and Al. I think that's their show. Maybe maybe they're going out partying for New Year's Eve a couple days early. I don't know. Well, I was not made aware of that, so... I apologize if so. But, hey, that leads us right up to our second guest, Jet. Uh, you had a chance to sit down with Vince Rizzuto from Philly Sports Tours about what they have going on. Tell us about it. Well, did uh, did you happen to meet him last summer at any point, Vince? I did not. No. Okay. Um, I met him at a couple of events, including the Phillies-Yankees bus trip to the Bronx that was preceded by a tailgate in the jet roll lot in Philly. A bunch of guys, including Big Al, Freddie, Joey, and Joe Marks and I, plus the Fandemic crew, among others, went on that trip up to Yankee Stadium. A lot of fun, except for the outcome. Uh, the Edge of Philly Sports Network and Freddie separately have had Vince on 
uh, in the past month or two. And with some real cool events coming up, I thought it would be good for us to get him on here as well. He couldn't join us live, but we did talk yesterday. And here is our chat with Vince right here. We love bringing first-time visitors to Philly Press Box Radio, and we have a great one for you right here. He's a five-for-five five Philadelphia sports fan and the president of Philly Sports Trips. I met him last summer through the guys at Edge of Philly Sports Network. It is Vince Rizzuto. Hey, Vince, welcome. Hey, Chet. Thanks for having me on today. Really appreciate it. Well, Vince, you guys have some great trips coming up in the days ahead and, heck, over the next few months and full year, in fact. We'll get to all of that in just a bit, but let me get your take on what the Eagles have been up to lately. As we speak, they're on a bit of a hot streak. They're 8-7 and seven and in control of their destiny in terms of a spot in the postseason. I believe the over-under was 6.5 wins coming into the season. Are you surprised that we're talking about a potential playoff team here in Week 17? I can't believe it. I mean, if you would have thought – back in Las Vegas when this team was two and five and all the disappointed fans on their way home, that the same team would be eight and seven and right a couple wins away from making the playoffs. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. What's your take on Jalen Hurts? He's, uh, you know, had an up and down season, but other than that one Giants game and maybe the first quarter of the second Giants game, he's looked, you know, okay, I think. I bought the jersey, the Jalen Hurts jersey before week one, and I saw the way he played in Atlanta and have the you know the privilege to be at a lot of his away games where a lot of those were victories this year. I see some really good things from him. I mean, people ask me all the time what I think about Jalen Hurts. And for me, it's about giving the kid the full season. So I think these last few weeks have kind of shown you who he is. He hadn't won um, a game against a division opponent until this week, until this past week, where he won two games. He's kind of maturing in front of our eyes and i think the next two plus playoffs in uh weeks plus playoffs in front of us here is going to really tell us what we need to know about Jalen. um so this is kind of exciting um it could go it could go either way chat we'll see yeah and so a huge game this sunday down at fedex fields a few miles east of washington dc and you and a bunch of rabid Birds fans will be there. As I put up the graphic for what you got going on this Sunday, uh, this looks like a great trip with round-trip bus transportation and a lower-level game ticket included, plus lots of food and drink part of the package before the game, too. Tell us about that part of it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, when we got to meet this summer, you got to see our company in full force with the with the trip to the Yankee Stadium for the Phillies. But what we had to do a little bit backwards this summer was we had to do the tailgate in Philadelphia and then bus up. The great thing about this this trip on Sunday is we host the best tailgate down in, in, in Maryland in, you know, at the stadium. We get there. We have the bus parking spots. We have Cavs catering set up. We have a DJ. Um, it's a big party down there, and this is our fifth time going down there um, as a company, and it, it's just a great day. So people always say that their favorite tailgate that they, that they go to with our company is the Washington tailgate. Can't wait. It's going to be a, it's going to be one hell of a party on Sunday. Oh, I have no doubt. Hey, before all of that, I'm not sure about the availability at this late date, but Philly sports trip has a Thursday evening trip up to Brooklyn. We're talking about some Sixers basketball, a Sixers nets meeting. Can people still get on that almost last minute or not? Yes, they can. We always try to keep spots open as long as we can. So we do have some spots available on that. People will meet in South Philly on Thursday around 4 o'clock to head up. We are 
Um, also bringing on Devon Givens from 97.5. He'll be with us on the trip. We have group seats. It's going to be a fun trip up there. So hopefully the Sixers can uh, can get a win in Brooklyn. Yeah, you mentioned Devon. Uh, sounds like you guys have a nice little tie-up with 97.5, the Fanatic. A lot of events with those guys. It's been amazing um, working with those guys since 2018. They had a couple guys come with us down to Miami. That was Anthony and Jamie Lynch. And now Jamie's come with us on Sunday to Washington. So this last three years, we've really had a good relationship with them, with you guys, with Edge of Philly Sports as well. So we're trying to do our best to be, you know, with the sports community and, and really create that unique sports experience for our customers. Well, I was checking out the Philly Sports Trips schedule for the first half of 2022. And, well, we don't have time to go into everything, <laughs> but I'm putting it up on the screen right here for uh, all the events through the end of April. And, I mean, in March alone, you got a trip to Orlando and Clearwater for the Sixers and Phillies, uh, another Clearwater trip, a cross-country trip to Los Angeles where the Sixers will play the Lakers and Clippers. And for Flyers fans, a visit to Nashville. Those are some awesome trips. We're really excited about all those. I mean, like you said, we don't have time to talk about them all. But, I mean, spring training is just an incredible place. Um, my business partner, Bob, calls it its happy place. Um, you know, we're going to have Charlie Manuel there for a meet and greet. Um, and then, you know, Nashville is just a great place. So, yeah, those trips are going to be fun. My wife is going to be a little upset with me traveling around the whole month of March. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, I did the trip last summer up to Yankee Stadium to see the Phils and Yankees, which was a blast, of course. And the pregame tailgate, as you said, in Philly, actually, was fantastic. So for anybody looking for more information on these upcoming trips you know, or to book them, you go to phillysportstrips.com. And I, I've looked at it, and it's, it's a great website, and it looks like it's very simple to navigate also. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we do get some good compliments on the site. It, we do make it easy. We partner with a company called We Travel, which is a great company that designs all the trip um, database that can take people's information. Um, it has flexible payment plans, and it makes it really easy for customers to contact us with any questions. Awesome. Now, Vince, before we wrap up, I do this with pretty much all of our first-time visitors to Philly Press Box Radio, a little game of Fast Five. It's five simple questions, five brief answers. Ready to give it a shot? I'm ready. Let's do it. And I, I promise you there's no math involved, so don't worry about that. All right. Number one, I saw you on with our buddy Freddie Burns a couple of weeks back, and you told him that your favorite flyer was Eric Lindros. What made number 88 such a big favorite of yours? Meeting him face-to-face, -face, getting his, you know, him to come out of his car and sign stuff for me and just like that, going out of his way for the fans. Number two, true or false, you're a big fan of the Philadelphia Union, and you were a pretty good soccer player yourself. That is true, and the second uh, is maybe debatable who you ask. <laughs> I, I, I just I love to play. I love to play. Well, you went to Nashville last summer, a Philly Sports Trips event, a Union game. The Yankee Stadium trip was fun, but I can only imagine how much fun Nashville was. Nashville on 4th of July is a great place. Like, Forget the sports for one second. That Nashville does 4th of July the right way. They have the rooftops. They have the, the music. They have the fireworks. What a great place. I would love to go back to Nashville for the 4th of July. That was uh, just kind of a little bonus in there. But I want to ask you, number three, what was the highlight of the trip to Vegas for that Eagles game? The highlight was John Dornboss. 
he is an amazing person. He did a private magic show for all 280 Eagles fans in a theater in Vegas, and he blew everyone away. That had to be the highlight. Yeah, I've met John. He's great, great guy. Number four, what's your favorite sports movie, Vince? Wow, that's a tough one. Man, this is supposed to be fast. I'm debating <laughs> what, what to say here. Let's go with Invincible. Whoa. It's just because of the whole Vince name, isn't it? Admit it. No, it's just I really like it, man. <laughs> I love it. I think it like portrays the the South Philly and the Philly fan and the work ethic and the, the times that how this city relies on the Eagles and lives and breathes the football. So it just shows that we're a football town. And that's why I like that movie. And we've had Vince Papali on our show several times. He's a great guy. Uh, number five, most importantly, will the Eagles be in the postseason next month? They're going to be there. The bigger question is, are they going to play in Dallas? Are they going to play in Green Bay? Where's the game going to be? But, yes, I do believe they are going to win on Sunday and they're going to be in the, in the playoffs. All right, Vince, this has been loads of fun, as I expected it would. Before I let you go, remind our viewers and listeners again where to get all the specifics on these awesome trips you have coming up. Sure, you can uh, Google us or just go to our website, phillysportstrips.com. Super. Vince Rizzuto, thanks for doing this. We will do it again, I'm sure. Happy New Year. Thanks so much, Chet. Happy New Year. And there you have it. Uh, Vince Rizzuto, good guy. He's a little under the weather, actually, this week, which is why he wasn't on camera. So uh, I do appreciate him taking the time for us. He's trying to, I guess, uh, rest up and make sure he's healthy for Sunday's trip up to or down to uh, Washington for that Eagles-Washington football team game. I don't know if he's going to be okay to go to the Brooklyn Sixers game Thursday night. We'll see. But good man, and I, like I said, met him a couple times last year. Good man, and uh, I hope we have him back on the show next year. We can do more things with him. They have some great trips, and they're affordable prices, and really everybody does a great job with it, including his man, Bob, who's the head catering guy. Who Funny story, when I was down in Florida, in the Clearwater, Tampa area last year in March, right before COVID hit. Uh, it was actually Saturday, the 14th, I guess, of March. And people were really starting to get scared about COVID and everything. So I was being careful. I was up at a rooftop bar and I started talking to this guy, Bob, who tells me he's from the Philly area. And, you know, I told him I'm from Jersey and I do this podcast. And he actually knew of it at the time, I believe, or found out about it shortly thereafter. But we talked quite a bit about it. He told me he had this catering business and was doing some other things also. So turns out that's the guy who works with Vince on all of these uh, tailgates and trips. So good man, Bob is, and so is Vince. And speaking of good men, back just in time, Woo. it's Bill Furman. Yeah, just in time. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's get on with it. Uh, let's talk about next week's guest. Great guest tonight in Frank and, uh, and Vince. Tell us who's coming next week to Philly Press Box Radio. Well, we will have two guests next week, Bill, and I just finalized the second one a couple of hours ago, so I didn't have time to get, make a new picture of him, but uh, this is the promo we used for him last December when he was on. It's Dave Spadaro, the Eagles insider. So this is last year's promo, December 12th of last year. This year, it's going to be actually January 5th of 2022, and hopefully, Dave will join us to talk about the Eagles having clinched the playoff spot or at least putting themselves in an even better position to do so. So Spuds, Dave Spadaro will be on with us. In addition to that, though, we're going to talk a little baseball next week with a guy that we've had on twice previously, but not recently. So it's been way too long for this guy. 
He threw a no-hitter back in the day. He is a guy who's – look at him. He's even better shaped than me, Bill. Can you believe that? Tommy Green. So Tommy Green and Dave Spadaro next week. How about that? Hey, great guess. Great guess. And uh, good thing Tommy doesn't have it on an ugly sweater either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch it, pal. Hey, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, let's um, let's get our shout-out <clears throat> into our, our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. Then we'll get back and finish up with some more talk. Okay. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes that give you greater odds of winning. Who doesn't like to win? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. All right, Mr. Chesco, I got one more thing for you before we get into some end of the year stuff. Um, let's talk Joel Embiid because he's your boy. He's playing. He's, uh, he's playing pretty well when he's playing. Uh, what, what are we going to expect from Embiid? And is he going to carry this team? Um, that's question number one. And for the end of the year, uh, interestingly, you know, all of the while while the NHL was uh, before they were in the pause, everybody was after Claude Giroux's head. Now, after the pause, they seem to 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 loosen up on Claude Giroux. So, I got two questions for you. One is Joel Embiid. Two is Claude Giroux. First of all, let's uh, talk about Giroux. He's got 883 career points, which is second all-time tied with Bill Barber. Still about 370 or so behind Bobby Clark. But with a point tonight or sometime in the next few days, Giroux will move into sole possession of second place on the Flyers' points list. So kudos to him, and he's played pretty well this year. I'm not going to knock him, so way to go, Claude Giroux. As for Joel Embiid, the guy has been a beast. I know there's always the problem about him staying healthy. He had the COVID thing. Can't fault him for that. Uh, but, yeah, when he's played this year, except for maybe a couple of games, he's been dominant. I think he's got six straight games now of 30-plus points on the road. Only players to do that previously for the Sixers, Allen Iverson and some guy named Wilt Chamberlain back in the day. I think you've heard of him. Uh Embiid with 36 and 11 in the Tuesday night victory. A game that was a little tougher than it should have been against another stricken team, the Toronto Raptors. But as uh, Doc said after the game, a win is a win. You'll take it however you get it. Yeah, they only won by five or six, but they won. And that's the important thing. They're 18 and 16. They're the sixth seed in the East. And they're lucky they're that high because they have Joel Embiid, who has just been Mr. Clutch down the stretch. He was that again last night. And uh, I think that, you know, if they can get some help through – hopefully a trade involving number 25, that things will get even better for the Sixers. Keep him beat healthy. He, he will lead them to the promised land in, at some point in the next few years. Well, you actually covered my, my follow-up question to you. Uh, they are 18 and 16, 34 uh, games in, getting close to the midway point of the season. Um, I, I'm still going to say they're average. You know, I think their 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 record shows their average, but yeah. they've been banged up, got a lot of issues. Um, did is their hand getting forced to get rid of that guy um, to to maybe take less to make a push, or just play it out, get to the playoffs, and see what happens from there? I, I'm fearing that they're going to make this last way too long. Um, 
my my goal is to have something happen by the trade deadline in February. Ideally, I think that's when it will happen. But I'm worried that it's not going to happen then, and then we're going to have to just wait till the off season. But you can't let it go beyond that. I think at that point you got to make some kind of a deal because, I mean, let's face facts. Much as I love Joel Embiid, he's not going to be this good and this dominant forever just because of his size and his history. And he's what 27 now. Um, you know, by the time he's 30, he may start winding down a bit in terms of his talent and his dominance. So, yeah, get something done ideally before mid-February. Otherwise, have to wait till the offseason. Yeah, and I think, you, you know, they're they're up against the, the wall here because you take less now, you're going to take less later. I mean, the value yeah. is going down as he's not playing and they get more desperate. The value goes down. But the thing is, and I think Frank mentioned this, Simmons does provide a lot in terms of the defense, uh, the passing oh, yeah. ability. And I think some other team in February is going to say, you know what? He could be the answer to put us over the hump. And uh, I would love to see it, even if it's not, you know, getting the the return that you would like. I think I just want to see it done at that point. All right. One other last question for you. The Eagles with their three number one picks. Uh those teams keep winning. Those yeah. three picks are now pushing down into the 20s or are going to be down into the 20s. Uh, all playoff teams possibly with those picks. Um, package them up and send them out or what? Who knows? I, I'm not going to predict how he does like to make trades. And with no great quarterback there, even if you traded all three for you know a higher first round, I don't think you're going to get a great quarterback. So I'm saying stick with Hurts and – see where those picks fall before you make any decisions. We thought they might all be in the top 15. Now it's looking like they're all going to be in the 20s. So, hey, it is what it is. Let's just worry about uh, this weekend first. Yeah, well, absolutely. And uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset at, if it were today that they traded all three of them. You know, I hear you. Uh, and, and build for next year, get some more. This class doesn't seem to be as strong, not just in the quarterback, area but in a in a bunch of areas so we'll see bill we're running out of time so let's talk about uh this past year and absolutely how it relates to us i will start off and then you can feel free to you know follow up so this is part partly my parting shot and partly just opening the conversation about the year just ended it's been quite a year not only for the sports world but uh quite a year thanks again to covid unfortunately and quite a year for Philly Press Box Radio as well. We took exactly one week off this year, Bill. We did 51 shows. We are now up to 371. Great guests, including frequent visitors like Ray Dinger, Brandon Lee Gowton, Tom Moore, D. Lynham, Paul Domowicz, Mike Sealski, Mark Eckel, Keith Pompey, Ken Dunnick, Kevin Riley, Bill Meltzer, Paul Hagen. Chris Wheeler, and of course, Frank Fitzpatrick, who we just had on tonight. Plus, we had a lot of first-time visitors. David Dinger joined us. Uh, Jack Fritz, Kayla Santiago, T-Mac's son, Pat McCarthy. This week's guest, Vince Rizzuto, a first-timer. And a couple of ex-Flyers visited for the first time. Chris Terrian and Joe Watson. How great were both of those guys? Sadly, we also lost a couple of popular guys who had been guests on our show. That would be Dennis Franks and Ray Fossey. So rest in peace, to you two guys. We continue to do more cross-promotion events with the guys at Edge of Philly Sports Network. We hope to do more of that in 2022. We also continue to grow our subscriber base on our YouTube channel. I think we can double that in the year ahead. I really do. Thanks to all our listeners and viewers for coming along for the ride, and please stick around. We do have plenty more for you in 2022. Bill? 
Absolutely. And uh, we want to thank everybody that has stuck with us. And uh, we, we've got a bunch of loyal people that uh, set their schedules around us, just like we do around them. And uh, we appreciate every one of you uh, as the years go by, the shows go by. We appreciate your feedback, your comments and everything you have going on. Of course, we couldn't go without do it without the athletes. And as you mentioned, we lost Danny Franks. We lost Ray Fossey and John Madden. Um, a lot of Philadelphia athletes and, and coaches we lost. John Chaney this year, Irv Cross, uh, West Philadelphia speed boy legend Clarence Aggie Tillman just passed away. He, he was special. Tommy Lasorda, Norristown's own uh, baseball Hall of Famer, Penn State great Steve Smith lost him. And then, of course, on a national level, Hank Aaron, Elgin Baylor, Al Usser Sr., Bobby Bowden, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, all people that we grew up with as kids that made us sports fans. And, uh, you know, without the, without the athletes, we don't have anything to talk about without, uh, the people that are, are, are followers, uh, no one to talk to. So we appreciate all of them. Absolutely. And, uh, wow. Right. As I said, it's been a great year, happy new year, and we're going to have a great 2022 bill. So anything else? That's it. Let's wrap it up. Unless you got something. Quickly, you're, I'm not going to make a prediction. Your predictions for the college football playoffs? Ooh, it's still going to be Alabama, and I'm going to root. I'm going to root like crazy. I think for Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. You know, Cincinnati beat some teams that gave Alabama hard times. Uh, whole different thing come playoff time, but you know, Alabama is the king until they're not. And uh, I got to see them live, and they're really good. Wrap it up, Bill. All right, let's thank tonight's special guests, Frank Fitzpatrick and Vince Rizzuto, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, January 5th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our Website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com, slash phillypressboxradio, and on all the Google podcasts and everywhere else. So, happy new year. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go birds. Happy new year. Happy new year. Should all the queen tons be forgot and